0: you deserve. Imagine this podcast as your weekly spark of inspiration as you take it to the next level with all the bees of your life. Body, business, bank account, boys, and babies. Let's make it
1: rain. Hello, my glorious sovereigns. It has been a couple months since um, it has just been me and my mic and you having a really lovely beautiful intimate conversation um, as many of you know uh, my my dad passed away in January and I'm going to do my best to use this podcast as a a way to serve and to also not completely hack <laughs> and I'll be editing around some of the coughs. Normally, I don't hyper-edit my podcast or really do any sort of fancy editing when we're just having an intimate conversation, but for this one, um, I have been battling some bronchitis, which has so many meanings, Um, and I've been dealing with a bit of a weakened immune system, not because of pregnancy, because I think pregnant women are badasses, but because of my body is dealing with grief and it's processing grief. Um, so I hope today will serve in some way. I know there are many people now who have lost someone, whether it's to COVID or to other circumstances and, and I just hope that through sharing my experience of what I have come to find, and what I have come to believe, that it can serve in some way. Um, and so I'll start at the beginning. Uh, on Christmas this past year, my dad and my both my parents were were struggling with. All the symptoms of COVID. My dad had actually gotten a negative COVID test, um, so that wasn't helpful to him navigating and taking care of himself. But for me, the thing is, is when they got sick, I saw my mom attacking it, and just she's just freaking unstoppable. Like, God forbid, you try to put her down. But meanwhile, my dad, he always had this um, bit more of a passive attitude uh, and he still had that like baby boomer, like strong man sort of, I'm fine, rub some dirt in it, pour drink a cup of concrete attitude and I remember because it was Christmas day when I last talked to him. Um, and on Christmas day we were talking and I was showing him, you know, Declan's Christmas present and Declan got this train set and like, he wasn't doing very good. And I could tell like he was not looking good and I was getting frustrated because I felt like I had to parent my parents again, um, to be, (laughs) to say like, Hey, he needs to be on steroids. And of course I'm not, I'm not a doctor. But there is a certain amount of research that I have done into um, other therapies, aside from sticking a tube down your throat, that could have been more helpful in the preventative stages had he had, A, a correct diagnosis in the first place, and B, taken the initiative to take the preventative measures that I had recommended and been recommending for the past two weeks just in case it actually was COVID because it was sounding like it was COVID. And... So for me, that was the last time that I talked to him, and the last thing that he said to me as we were on the phone is I was so frustrated with him, you know, pretending to be stronger than he was with my mom, and then for me, there's just a a relationship that my dad and I had, and we developed it over, especially the years of him being sober. We're just, you can't bullshit a bullshitter. Like, you, you can't, he couldn't bullshit me. And I always, always have been able to see through the hypocrisy. Um, and I'm not saying my dad was being a hypocrite, but he was definitely putting on a stronger face for my mom than he was for me. And I could see through it, and I called him on it. And it was that night that he got he called they called the ambulance and he got taken to the hospital and the last thing that he said to me was Kimmy I don't feel so strong because I chastised him in frustration a wee bit about um pretending to be stronger than he was and that was the last thing that he said to me and That he said to me directly. Um, Let me just phrase it that way. Because while my dad was in the hospital, I had vivid, vivid dreams, experiences, um, revelations, almost as if, like, from another realm, like someone else was talking to me. And I know this sounds woo woo, as Fuck. And that's okay. Um, because this was, this is just my experience. This is my experience of what I experienced through death. Um, and that's what happened. Um, and so when my dad was put in the hospital, I got very nervous cause immediately as I got off the phone with my dad, I had this gut sinking feeling that he, he was going to have to go to the hospital that he was like, and I just, it hit my gut, and my gut sank, and I had this divine download, this voice that said, if he goes anywhere, anywhere but this hospital, and that was the hospital that he ended up going to. And when I heard that he was in the hospital the day after, I, and in that hospital, I was like, fuck. And I just... I rallied as many prayer warriors and friends and good vibes as possible to be able to really hold a vibration of healing. Due to the COVID restrictions, my mom, for the first time in the history of their 51 years of being married, could not be in the hospital to advocate for her husband. He was alone. Now of course I know spiritually he was not alone but he was alone. And that makes things a lot more difficult when you're you know cuz I've had I've had many a friend who have gone into the hospitals and I've had many a uh, I've known many a person who have gone into hospitals and consistently I hear that the ones who are relentless cuz and i'm not this is not to say anything about doctors and nurses cuz they were working hard um, but nobody is going to be a bigger advocate for you than you and that that goes for anything that goes for your business that goes for your body that goes for your health that goes for your your children nobody's going to be a bigger advocate for you than you and nobody's going to be a bigger advocate for your f- close family members than than either you or them and not being able to have an advocate with you is a huge detriment. And my mom was willing to stay at the hospital and stay in quarantine and stay with my dad. I mean, she had COVID, so she already had had the disease and survived and was fine and was healthy. So... I think it really made a big difference her not being able to be in the hospital and it really like for me that was a personal thing that really hit hard because I know that their relationship she kept him strong so often so many times especially when he felt weak and when she felt weak he kept her strong so I mean they had this they that's they've been married for 51 years and have literally gone through absolutely everything hell and back and things that you would never want to happen in a marriage, they have gone through and successfully navigated it for 51 years. And so I think that that was a big player in, in the turn of events. Um, and with with that experience, for me... Being in Australia, being 8,000 miles away, in many ways was a relief. But my dad and I have always had a very empathic connection, and I also have a very empathic son. And simultaneously, as my dad was in the hospital, Declan came home with a virus, a cold virus. It wasn't COVID, um, because there is no COVID in, in Queensland. But he came home because that the beauty of being in school and having your kids back in school is instead of just getting COVID, they get, you know, everything else that they bring home. And so he brought home and so he got sick. I subsequently got sick. And so for for consistently, as my dad was in his recovery stage, I was also navigating having a sick toddler who was struggling with breathing as well. Um, it was a very challenging time. And going through that experiencing that I saw the like Declan still does ask he like for weeks he was asking are you breathing is grandpa breathing because I was coughing and struggling with breathing Declan was coughing and struggling with breathing for him it was a, a, a bacterial infection there was a whole bunch of leaky fluid this is really gross draining and going down the back of his throat which led to them him having ear infections cuz he couldn't successfully blow his nose um, so he was he was dealing with that i got it as well um, and it totally flared up my sinus infection and so we were it was it was rough it was a rough couple of weeks and not to mention that my dad being in the hospital like it it made it very challenging and i'm not surprised because The lungs are one of the body parts that holds grief and sometimes guilt and sometimes shame, but it definitely holds grief. I mean, if you think about when you've ever been sad, like if you take a deep breath, if you really allow your lungs to breathe, it can create uh, tears. It can create emotion. It can create sadness. And sometimes, when when an emotion or a fear or something is so overwhelming as as the looming possibility of death, there are so many emotions that come with it. It almost feels like it's too much, and so you don't want to breathe. And so, on a subconscious level, and yes, I find this all very interesting that this all happened at the same time as I am currently in an eight month certification program for breathwork and trauma release. So the timing couldn't have been more perfect for everything and I do believe in divine timing and I do believe that there is a series of events that that happened that led to what eventually happened with my dad. So I don't personally believe it was any one thing. I mean, I don't blame COVID and this is one of the big lessons that I learned and that I've seen from from the experience of others as, you know, my dad was a YouTube star. It's like, the the crazy part is, is my dad came to Hollywood. He left the army. He came to Hollywood to pursue his Hollywood dream. He filmed his last national commercial on the day that I was born because he knew that he needed a business that was more uh, sustainable, and that was his tree business. And then circle back to around like when he was 68 years old or something, My cousin was a producer with the Fine Brothers and said, hey, we're looking for old guys to react to funny viral videos. And so my dad's Hollywood career got to take off at the end of his life. um, And he gained a following of thousands of fans around the world. I cannot tell you how many messages I got from his fans from Scotland and the Netherlands and Costa Rica and the UK and like literally all around the world just sharing their experiences of the, the joy that my dad brought to them because he was on this show. And I find that so beautiful that, you know, that's just divine timing. Like, it, divine timing played such a role into my dad's life all throughout his, his life, his career. I mean, I think the fact that he didn't become famous when he was younger what actually saved his life because he was in a very, very, very bad place with addiction back then. Um, and by the time he was able to uh be on the show, he was in a better place, uh, financially in every way, except for some of the addictions. Like there are definitely some episodes that I'm like, oh, he's drunk on that one, or oh, he was he was high on that one. Um, that eventually those were the some of the demons that he got to actually purge um and release through through uh just me showing up on a different level and demanding different conditions for our relationship. And he eventually got like one of my favorite videos from that he ever filmed was this podcast interview with uh, Benny Fine. And I watched it and my mom watched it. We both watched it and we were like, yep, that that's my dad. That's him. Like sober, not trying to be like Mr. Funny Man, not forcing anything, not, you know, being way too wacky or uh, all the other personalities that he would bring out, but really just being grounded and joyful and not, o- not over the top using other substances to get him there. Um, so that experience, uh, but to circle back to my experience of receiving so many messages from so many of his fans over the past uh, month or so, I've seen and I've read a lot of blame and a lot of blame on stupid COVID, a lot of blame on, well, basically it's just COVID. But for me, like blame is an insidious disease, more so than any other disease ever. Because what blame does is it takes personal responsibility off of the person and off of anybody and projects it onto this other third party. And it's not to say that it was my dad's fault or that there is guilt or that there should be shame with my dad's death. Um, but there is to say that there is a level of, there is are a certain set of circumstances and actions that were put in place that were choices by my dad, by the doctors, by me, by my mom, like by all of us. And it's not coming from that space of guilt and shame, like, because blame is a reflection of that. Blame is a desire to put the guilt and shame on something else. And the problem is, is that that's just a reflection that there's still guilt and shame within you. Versus ownership, it's really being able to say, I own the fact that there were these choices that I made. Like I own the fact that I made the choice to stay in Australia. And I look back to that moment when I remember telling my parents, because they were here joining us, they joined us for vacation. And when I told them that I was going to stay, it was something that I didn't tell to anybody else, but I, I told when I sat on on their bed to share that with them, I had this gut instinct at the same time to hug my dad and this this feeling back in March of last year that this would be the last time that I would get to hug my dad. And I had this gut feeling. I didn't know why. I kind of dismissed it. I was like, no, 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 my dad's like a freaking bull and will just, like, he does not, the things that he has survived, like, please, COVID going to get him? No way. Like, I just, I, it just seemed too crazy to me. Um, but I have seen this desire to project blame out there into the world, blame the economy, blame COVID, blame the pandemic, blame... Other people, it prevents people from actually allowing themselves to have the self awareness to what they can change and what they actually have control over. Um, blame really limits your capacity and ability to be able to control the world around you, to be able to manifest a world that you desire. Because when you're in in a blaming state, you are in a victim state where you are putting the causes of the world on other people, on other things, and thus you are the reactionary victim of those circumstances versus being able to have awareness and take ownership. And a great book that really, really dives into this, that we're currently diving into in this month of Mindful Monarchs, uh, our low-cost month-to-month membership, helping leaders rule their body, master their mindset, and serve from their soul using their greatest leadership asset their body. Um, We are diving into a book called When the Body Says No. And the doctor who wrote this book, it was written, it's not some like woo-woo doctor often like La La Land. Um, He is a well-known clinician, uh, very reputable. And the doctor who wrote this book shares a lot about the, the perception of blame in diagnoses. And it's a, it's a super powerful book. I highly recommend it. I will leave a link to, the, it, to it in the description below because I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Even if you're not a mindful monarch and aren't going to participate in our monthly book club discussion about it, definitely get the book, read it, explore it. Because specifically what he says about blame is so essential to healing. It's one of the things that I talk about in my own journey in Rule My Body, which is coming out this year. Um, which is my book about how I overcame my eating disorder, was one of the things that I had to do was I had to take ownership of my actions. It wasn't to say that I was blaming myself or putting myself at fault for throwing up my food or for binging and purging for my years of bulimia. It was to say that I had to take ownership of, yes, I did this. What new choice can I make? Maybe that was a poor choice, but taking my identity out of the choice. The problem is with blame. When you blame anything, it puts that onus that off of you it's try it's it's an attempt of our egos to put to put guilt and shame outside of us when really that means that it's even deeper inside of us and so for us to actually truly have healing we have to uproot that guilt and shame and that or that fear that there is guilt and shame there as well and so that's one of the things that I have definitely seen. And so I don't blame COVID for taking my dad. I don't blame my dad. I think my dad made a series of poor choices. Um, his mindset wasn't in the best place to, to conquer a disease. He had just recently started smoking again and he'd battled chronic bronchitis for years. His lungs were not strong and quite polluted from 50 years of smoking many things under the sun. Um, and that that puts a damper. That is something that he had to take ownership of. Like he did some harm to his body. Now, could that harm have been repurposed, retooled? Could he have shifted things in his body? Yes, a hundred percent. He he chose not to take those steps. And that's that's his choice. So I that actually removes me from feeling guilt or shame about anything that I could have done, because there are certain choices that he made, like to smoke in the middle of a pandemic when he already had lung issues. That that made him more susceptible and put him more in danger of this disease being uh, a real a real killer, and it was. Um. And that was that's one of the recurring lessons that I've constantly seen is this 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 blame. And what happens when we remove blame is we actually have the self-awareness to make change. We actually can take ownership of our actions and start looking from a curiosity perspective, not from a judgmental perspective, but from a space of curiosity to be able to see what new action we can take. So as I was navigating through the weeks of my dad being in the hospital and on a ventilator and I was not happy about that, um, I am not a doctor, so I cannot speak to that, but I was very, very disappointed that the doctors and nurses did not know of the correlation or communicate the correlation to the ventilator and kidney failure, and it took me one simple Google search of ventilator and kidney failure to bring up medical papers that have shown a direct correlation of especially putting people who were in my dad's demographic of over 70 in the danger zone for mortality because of kidney failure by being put on a ventilator. Um, and by, for me, that brought up some, some deep-seated anger that I didn't know that I had, an awareness of anger to the lack of growth-mindedness that sometimes I see in that, – that can be present in any profession – Um, but for me growth is such a high value that I always strive to keep learning and keep growing and that especially if people's lives are at stake, I would want to grow in a certain area to have all the information available to know if certain procedures that I was putting in place would have massive counter effects and start researching and get on that but that's my own those are my own values and i can't project those on other people so i had to i had to process that and that was a tough one for me and i'm still in a process of of forgiveness of 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 forgiving in in that space especially since the hospital also lost my dad's wedding ring um which just adds a little bit of insult to injury so Navigating forgiveness has definitely been one of the journeys that I currently still am on. Um, and I know that I've been able to forgive my dad of some horrible things that he did. So I know that forgiveness I will forgive. I'm, I'm sure I will. I will be able to let it go. I am still in the process. And I think that's something also very important to honor is knowing when you are in the process of grief and knowing that this is not a permanent thing, knowing when you're in any process, maybe that your process is anger, maybe your process is forgiveness and you're you're working on forgiving, maybe your process is just, you know, getting into the space where you're out of resentment or out of a blame mentality, You, when you're in process and you have the foresight to know that this is not who you are, just because you're in process doesn't... Define that as being a part of your identity. You're growing through what you're going through. And I know that's a bumper sticker. And at the same time, it's totally appropriate because I know that I will get to a place of forgiveness. I know and I knew I would get to a place of healing and transformation from this experience of losing my dad. And I'm still in that process. There's different levels to each part of it. Um, and honoring where you are in the process. Like for me, it was such a, a, these past two months have been such a palpable display of one of the things that my mentor taught me years ago. Um, My mentor, Eben Pagan, said years ago in a gigantic masterclass that he taught where Joe Polish was and like all of these biggies, like this was way back in like 2007. Um, and he taught this masterclass and he said one of the things that he does is when an employee I- of his is struggling, like they're going through a tough time, he does not put them on any work, pretty much. Like he gives them paid time off, he gives them space. And I thought, well, that's, I thought, well, maybe the work is actually helpful. Well, for me, the work was helpful, but... At the same time, I was dropping ball after ball. And like for our company, it was the lowest two months that I've had in two years. And it showed me the exact correlation, the direct correlation that I have seen between a leader's mindset and mentality and space and where a leader is at and the ability to grow and scale their business. Like I was not in a mindset of vision or of purpose. I was in a mindset of grief, of frustration, of anger, of sadness, of sure, I'm sure there was some guilt in there as well. And it showed me a direct correlation to the, my emotional state as a leader and how I was able to successfully, or believe me, I made so many mistakes in those past couple months, um, to navigate those waters of leadership, to be able to lead my team, to be able to see where I was the bottleneck. And it really provided me with so much growth because success can be a really crappy teacher. It really can be. And I dropped the ball on so many things, on so many times, like things that I have not done in the entire history of my career as a coach and as a business owner. I did. In the two months that my dad was both in the hospital, both sick and then in the hospital, and and then subsequently um, right after he died. And those months taught me so much. And being able to look at those mistakes, not from the space of judgment or blame, again, circling back to blame, like I wasn't blaming myself, I knew I was in a really crappy space. And it showed me exactly why my mentor like and why I as a leader from henceforth like one of my uh, team members was going through a difficult struggle in her marriage a while back. And she said that she was going to take some time off from some crucial projects that we were working on at the time. And I said, okay, yeah, sure. Like I thought like, cool, honoring yourself. But now I'm like, That is a policy in my company now for my team so that when anyone is going through a particularly difficult time, like a really, really challenging time, I don't want anyone to feel the burden of having these other works because mistakes will happen. They just do. Bottlenecks of time, bottlenecks of content making mistakes like uh, we made some scheduling mistakes we made some client mistakes like we made lots of mistakes and i learned from each and every one of them and the beautiful thing was was that this time of grief of seeing me removed as a leader to some degree like mentally my my head my mind my heart we, it just wasn't in my business and it, it couldn't be and i knew it wasn't that that was not a permanent thing i knew that that was not a permanent state I did also. I knew that I would come out on the other side as well. I also had that gut knowing, just just a knowing of a commitment to the vision that I've had for my company, for what we're building, for w- how we're growing. Like there's just because I was in a dip didn't mean that that's where I was going to stay, and I knew that. But I also knew I needed to experience that dip, like on a gut level. And the beautiful thing about experiencing that dip in every which way as a leader, financially. Um, and in all those ways was that I was able to see where the bottlenecks of me being the bottleneck were that will help me now when I take some time off to give birth to this little this little bubs that we found out was a boy like as well. So I was totally wrong on that one um, but that when I take some time off in June to be able to give birth, to, to do my mom thing. I'm sure, you know, knowing me, I probably will do exactly what I did last time, but I just won't be seeing clients, um, for a couple weeks after I give birth. Uh, I just love what I do so much. So so, sometimes I, it's hard for me to let go. And I'm totally honest and transparent about that. So this, this experience of being able to to go through this grief period and seeing where, are the, where I am being the bottleneck for my own processes and systems instead of allowing my business to be an autonomous structure, it was super, super powerful because it showed me exactly where we need to work and exactly what systems and structures and procedures we need to put up in place so that things can run smoothly and seamlessly and, and continuously even if I'm not personally involved, which I won't be for a few weeks at least, once when i give birth to colton um in june and so that's that's something that's really powerful to be able to see and it was it was such a wonderful learning lesson sucked going through it because you know no one likes making mistakes no one likes being wrong no one likes letting people down um but for the most part everyone really gave me a lot of grace i mean for what i was going through and that was i was very i was very very grateful and also through this time, I, I really removed any sort of forcing anything and really allowed myself to be in the space, whether it was the be in the space of discomfort, be in the space of grief, be in the space of learning, be in the space of joy. Because, I mean, there were moments of joy. I mean, I can't not have moments of laughter and joy. I'm married to Spike Spencer, and I have the most adorable son who is just loaded with joy on the planet. Um like, I had my moments of joy as well. And I also had my moments of, of feeling freedom when when my dad passed. And and there was a certain amount of not entirely guilt that went with it, but I'm sure subconsciously on some deep level there was a bit of it. Of of also feeling the freedom of, of not having no longer having to deal with the possibility of him slipping back into addiction, which was, you know, it's it's a long traumatic cycle. And that being ended and done is is quite liberating. And I'm, I'm excited to see where I go from there and how I channel that energy that was going into making sure he was okay, making sure he would get the right resources when he wasn't okay, making sure he would have the support system around him, even if it wasn't me personally supporting him. So because there was times that I couldn't um, that I could support him in doing certain things um, and in getting him the help that he needed. Like now not having that, that that's quite liberating. And, and being able to feel that. And on that note, that was something that through my dad's passing, like even though I had a gut feeling, I had a feeling toward the end, I knew he wasn't going to last the week. I just knew. I, I knew he wasn't actually going to make it till Friday. And so when I saw the text on Thursday morning from my mom, I just knew. And prior to that, like about five days before, I'd gone into the other room and I'd done a FaceTime call with my dad. And I let him know that whatever choice he made consciously, like he was unconscious at the time, but that it really was up to him. Because it, it was all up to him as to whether he, his, his subconscious mind decided to continue on or, or not. But I wanted to let him know that I would be okay either way. And I had a really great conversation of being able to let go, of, to say everything I needed to say, to say everything that I would miss, and to really lay it out on the table as if, as if he were there and that was really healing for me so i don't feel like there was anything left or lost in translation and i know in my gut that he heard me and that he knew he, i would be okay and the day before he died i had this i was coming home from the gym i was feeling great i felt like i felt like i was like I, okay i'm feeling really good I'd had some great client sessions that, that week. I'd had some great podcast interviews. I, my team was rocking it and I was, feel, I was, fine. I was feeling like, okay, maybe, maybe he, I don't know, my, I, I still thought he was going to pass, but I was just in the space of really openness and I was walking home from the gym and I had this feeling of like, well, what if he did pass? Let's just entertain that idea. Instead of like holding on and t- attaching myself to him being alive, I said, What if he did? What, why, why does someone pass? Like, what is it that I need to learn from this? Because I'm constantly asking myself that. What is it that I, how do I need to grow from this? How, like, what, what is the purpose of him passing? And asking myself those questions allowed me to hear this answer. And whether it was him or his subconscious mind reaching out or the quantum field or my own imagination, I'm not going to label it as to what it is. I feel like I know what it, it was, but um, I'm not going to label it to what it is. And I just had this gut feeling and this, this voice as clear as day that he had taught me all that he could to his ability in this form in this form that he was, in the physical form, in the 3D. And that in order for me to continue my growth, in order for me to go forward anymore, this would free me. And it felt like permission to be able to fully let go. And as soon as I accepted that permission, I walked upstairs and I looked out over our balcony um, on the other side. So there's like, there's not, it's not our personal balcony, but it's the balcony that's like right outside our front door um, of our apartment. And I saw this Ferris wheel that was out of nowhere, like out of nowhere, and like, there's never been a Ferris wheel there before, and apparently this Ferris wheel was only there for the next two days. Um, and I looked out and I saw for the first time this Ferris wheel standing there, and it was just like this this thing, like this awareness, because Ferris wheels were something that were always me, uh, 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 my dad and me thing. We would we would go hunting down fairs like church fairs and county fairs when I was a kid um and that would always be our thing and I always hated it because I I loved it and I hated it because my dad would always rock it at the top and it would always scare me but then I would always get comforted because I would be next to my dad and so it was it was it was but it was always our thing And I just I just was crying and I just saw this this Ferris wheel and I just kind of I knew I was like he's either like it's either going to he's either going to pull through or he's either not. But it just felt like such a sign that I needed that everything was going to be okay, Um, and that my dad would always be with me. And I know humans are expert meaning makers and we can make meanings out of anything, Um, but that was something that I really needed to see and the crazy part was, was after my dad passed, the fact that the Ferris wheel completely just disappeared. I don't know where it went. Apparently it was only there for those couple of days. And it was a random couple of days. It was like a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It wasn't like over a weekend. So it it definitely had some meaning and some divine timing to, to, to bring it, circle back to that. But that evening that afternoon that evening suddenly I started to get my body started to feel incredibly sick like it was weird I was feeling great that morning and then suddenly I felt like I was hit with a truck and the next morning I found out my dad had passed and that it was like my body was trying to process this letting go and so I know that my immunity has been down substantially this past couple months um, thus the coughing that I'm editing out as I record this but I know that what my body is is also releasing and what it is is purging and what it is liberating. And the only way that I can describe like once my dad did pass the the few days after that there was this really this feeling of his presence. And it didn't feel scary. And it didn't feel um, in pain. And the only metaphor that just kept coming to mind was that my dad is like steam. So when he was alive, he was like a tall glass of murky water. And there was, like, the murk in there was all the the guilt, the shame, the stuff that he, he really, he had a hard time shaking. The addictions, the demons, um, and all of that. The, the stuff he had a really hard time shaking. But when he died, it was like a purge of the murk, of the muck. And it left this steam that I just felt feel like I and and I feel when I think of him now I just feel immense love and support and joy and true joy not like not like let me show you how happy I am because I need to be happy so that you'll be happy so that you'll like me which sometimes he definitely had that persona but from the space of I like what real true joy is and I just feel like death really was the fire that burned all the demons away all the shame all the guilt all the anger all the things that that drag us down in this human form if we don't choose to consciously release them or we gather the tools to be able to consciously release them And I felt like he was just steam, like pure steam love. (laughs) Like that's really the only way that I could describe it. And it was in that and through that experience that I was able to really look at my own life because that's really one of the greatest filters that we all have. Like when someone dies that's close to us or when someone dies, period, like We're all thinking about it because it's the one thing we can't escape. Like, it's going to happen to all of us at some point. And it really led me into this process of evaluation of like, what do I not want to leave behind? Like, what is it so, am I just, like, I just became unavailable to leave any drop of me behind like any creation, any goal, anything that I want to achieve with my family or do with my family, like I just suddenly became relentless. And I turned to my team like a few weeks later when February hit, like that was about 15 days after my dad died. And I said, We're launching a YouTube channel. And they're like, Really? Like we have a podcast, we have, you know, other things that we're doing. And I'm like, Yeah. And we're launching a YouTube channel. I'd wanted to redo our lube lube channel, our YouTube channel for a while. I've, I've, I've always wanted that. And there has always been a part of me, that small voice, that small fearful self. Maybe it's, you know, the former actress in me who doesn't like seeing herself on camera or whatever bullshit story I still have in there. But I said, I am unavailable to not use this as an opportunity. I believe that my dad gave me a great setup to be able to fill a void that he did not know quite how to fill. Um, He knew how to bring joy on the show Elders React. He didn't quite know how to translate that into his own thing and to have it be something that really was of service. And before my dad died in the years leading up to his passing, we had some powerful conversations about things that he wanted to use to serve but he didn't know exactly how to use those things to serve because he still had so much shame and guilt around them. And I'd invited him on the podcast to talk about his experience. And he just he just would always say, like, Kimmy, I'm not ready. Like, it's, it's not the right time. And he, just, he was still working through how to process through some of the stuff that he had gone through and on how to grow through it. And his growth process was always a little slower. Um, it did take him like 50 years to become sober so I figured it would take a a few more years and some time Um, and from that experience I just decided that there is no going back like there is nothing that I want to leave on the table that I want to hide out of fear or not fully do because I'm scared or not fully show up and serve because of whatever bullshit excuse or story or old thing I have going on in my mind like my dad's death in that way was such a gift because I saw all the things that he wanted to do with his life and all the things that he chose not to do or chose not to fully lean into in the last few years and i just i looked at that and i said i i don't want that for myself i i want to lean fully in i i want to fully embrace it fully go for it fully fully be there to leave that legacy. And yes, my dad left a legacy. And yes, so many kids from around the world called him like a legend. Um, but to be able to really use that to the next level to serve, like he used, he used his platform beautifully to bring joy and to spread joy. And he was really good at that. But to use that on the next level to really be able to serve, I wonder what that would have looked like for him. And he was trying to navigate what that was. And he didn't quite know and he didn't have the vision and he didn't have that clear picture of how that he could do that. But I do. And I've had that since, since I started Crown Yourself. And that really is the thing that I see now in that, sort of divine download conversation that I had the day before my dad died whether it was you know actually a conversation with his his voice his subconscious and we were on some like astral realm I don't know or it, whether it was like just me and my own subconscious of what I imagined having a conversation with him would be but that he taught me everything he could in this 3D form and that to give me the greatest gift to give me that greater support when he crossed over to the other side that that would actually provide me with the space and it it has it's been I feel the space of not only the space that forgiveness provides but there is a law called the universal law of the vacuum and the universe abhors like a space and it always wants to fill it if you walk in the, in the, in the, on the beach and you put holes in the sand with your footprints, eventually the ocean will come in and it will fill that space and it will fill that space with air and then sand and then uh, ocean and then eventually you won't even see your footprints anymore. And that's the space that my dad created it was such a space of grace and creativity. And I'm so grateful to have a cheerleader on the other side. And to have that support on the other side. And I am so sorry that it didn't get to happen in this life. And that he didn't have know how. And for me, that deepens my own mission. To help people be able to navigate that how of their own transformation. So they can fully live into their purpose in this life. And not have to go into the next and, or pass it off to their children necessarily. But to be able to do it and live it in this life. And that is such a gift. And that is something that I can carry on from my dad. His legacy of love, his legacy of generosity, and the lessons of the deepening of the mission that I have to really create the space for other people's transformation, to hold the space for you, for anyone who is in that need for clarity of their vision, to be able to clarify it, hone it, feel it, and then fully fucking live into it. Fully live into it because yes, I do believe life goes on in a different form, in a different way after we pass. I don't believe personally that we just become dust. I believe our bodies do, but I believe our soul lives on in some way, shape, or form. I can't say exactly how, um, but I do believe maybe it lives on like steam. But in this life... To be able to transform this life, this world, the people around us, to fully live into their highest and best, to live and experience this life as if we don't get a second chance. Not in this 3D realm necessarily. I mean, I don't i don't know too much about reincarnation, nor will I speak on that really because I don't really understand it or the beliefs around that. But I can speak to the perception that if this is the life that you are able to fully lean into then lean into it, escape your own dungeon of doubt, get, get fear off of your throne and start fully creating and living with the gift of service to be able to serve others. And so I hope this podcast served you. I, I know that this was a longer one. Um, I didn't quite know exactly what I was going to say. Um, I had some points that I wanted to cover. But if you have any questions, like please please reach out to me. Please uh, reach. You can reach out to me on DMs via Instagram, uh, either at our company at Crime Yourself Now or at, to me personally at Kimberly.Spencer Or you can reach out to us at info at crownyourself.com if you want to share this episode. I always love your shares and I so appreciate them. Thank you so much for being a part of our community of Crown Yourself sovereigns, of just leaders who are rising into their role. I honor you. I cherish you and thank you for being here in this space with me and holding the space for me to speak this truth today. Thank you so much and as my dad was so easily able to say that is something that I did struggle with for years, I just wanna let you know, I love you. Each and every one of you, I love you. And I really wish the best for you in every way. I wish that you go for your dreams I wish that you lean into courage so that you can really fulfill that mission, that purpose, that dream that is in your heart. I love you in your highest and best. Thank you for being here.
0: I am so excited to connect with you in the next episode. And in the meantime, go out there and create a body, business, and life that rules.